Hey, welcome everybody. This is Brian Nemhauser uh, at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. And I've got the troublesome Dave Softy Mahler on with me for another weekly podcast uh, at Softy KJR on Twitter. Um, you can find him at 950 KJR uh, each afternoon if you don't already know that. Um, Dave, we, we missed last week and yeah. that almost cursed the team. Oh. So, I, I mean, we, we've got to be better about this going forward. This, that was a my fault thing, you know, yeah. Yeah. On Friday, but whew, that was a close one, dude. Well, first of all, uh, I agree. It was your fault. Uh, number one. Uh, <laughs> and number two, we used to believe that if we skip the podcast and the Hawks win, then we were responsible for that. So I guess if we skip the podcast and the Hawks lose, then that's our fault as well. But yeah, that game kind of felt like it was way too close for comfort, man, last weekend. And really kind of, I thought in some ways, unnecessarily so, uh, to be honest with you. You know, I thought that third and one call by the Hawks uh, last week uh, just flummoxed me. It flummoxed Mike Holmgren as well on the radio show on Thursday. And really, it wasn't even the uh, the actual pass itself to Tyler Lockett. It was just the plan before the ball was even snapped. You know, uh, you got a fullback on the roster and Nick Ballore. Why they don't use that guy, I have no idea. It's third and one. Get Russell Wilson back under center. Put a fullback in the game and blow up on a hole for Chris Carson. Get your yard and go win the damn football game. So I thought it kind of gave us some unnecessary angst in that game on Sunday. But then again, this is the Seahawks and everything has to be that way, pal. You know that. That's that's interesting. Like as you were talking, like that was not where my mind went in that moment. I was annoyed that they ran on the first two plays. To be honest, I thought those yep. are the plays to give the ball to Russell Wilson. When they got the third and one, I was okay with them throwing. And the play call was not to go deep. Like, you know that, right? Like, I mean, the play call was there was short passes and Postic had that bad snap. Um, Russell, I think there's so many times that I think people hang it on the coaches. You know this. And yep. it's actually the quarterback that makes the decision about where to put the ball. And Russell likes going deep. He likes going long. He doesn't like taking those short passes, or at least he hasn't in the past. So, you know, I wonder if it was a clean snap, you know, if Russell would have found one of those guys for an easy, you know, catch like he did on pretty much every other throw that game. Yeah, no, he's the best deep ball passer in the NFL, right? The numbers show that for sure. He has morphed into uh, uh, a pocket passer maestro. There's no question about that, but I look, I mean, it's just a pet peeve of mine, man, going back years. And it's funny how, you know, the thing that stands out about the game yet uh, uh, last weekend is our, our freaking heart attack level in the fourth quarter. Not the fact that this offense has scored, you know, 78 points in the first two games of the year, whatever it is. Not the fact that Russell Wilson has a 14.3 touchdown percentage so far after two games in the NFL, which is by far the best start of his career ever. So, a lot of positives, man, but I just think as Seahawks fans, look, man, the 2013 season, the 2014 season, and really just Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, I, I think have raised the bar, right? They've changed the expectation level for this fan base. Not that any of us are going to poo-poo division championships or playing in the postseason, but my mind tends to gravitate towards, okay, what is keeping this team back? What's holding them from accomplishing great things as opposed to what are the awesome things they're doing right now? If everything was incredible, if the defense was playing like the offense was right now, we'd have no complaints, no problems whatsoever. But I would just ask you this. We see a Super Bowl caliber offense. There's no question about that. 100%. Do you see a Super Bowl caliber defense right now? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, how could you? I mean, I think, yeah. I think what we're seeing right now 
is Super Bowl caliber offense, Super Bowl caliber special teams, two out of the three phases. Yep. And I think you're seeing Super Bowl caliber run defense so far um, overall. Um, but it's been the, the pass rush and the pass coverage. Those things both have not been good. And when you can have one or not the other and still be okay, but if you have right. both of them going the wrong way, right, trouble softy. And, and one of the things I really wonder about is you just talked about the 2013 team. The 2013 team had a, a good offense. And in fact, from an efficiency standpoint, all the advanced nerdy metrics, it was a really mm-hmm. good offense. But it was known for the defense. It was the best defense, one of the best defenses of the generation, for sure. Right, right. There was a lot of games that were harder than we wanted them to be because the offense could not get out of its own way and the defense yep. had to kind of hold them in it. Can this be, can this offense be as good as that defense? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so because I think we see a lot of good offenses in the NFL these days, a lot of really great offenses in the NFL. We don't see a lot of truly elite defenses that can go down in the conversation as the greatest unit of all time. I mean, that 2013 Seahawks defense is in the conversation for the greatest defensive unit in the history of the NFL. Uh, I don't know a lot of other defenses outside of the Seahawks in 2013, uh, the Ravens in 2000, that Buccaneer defense as well in 2002. There's been more great offenses, I think, Brian, than there have been great defenses. So uh, I think you can get away with not having an incredible offense and compete for a championship. I don't think on average you can get away with having a poor defense and still compete for a Super Bowl. And my concern about this defense is that, look, Russell Wilson, can he take a day off? Can Russell Wilson have an average game? Can Russell Wilson have a bad game? 2013, he could have a bad game. 2013, there were plenty of days, as you said, where the offense didn't show up and the defense bailed him out. I I don't know if Russell Wilson is even allowed to have a weekend off. I mean, and I'm starting to sense, Brian, that he's, he's kind of agreeing with that. Because you're seeing a shift in his commentary, I think, publicly. Mm-hmm. What he said a couple of days ago about winning the MVP, he never would have said that four or five years ago, ever. Russell Wilson never would have even thought about winning a trophy. His entire focus was on winning a Super Bowl. But you know what? I think Russell Wilson knows in order for them to win a Super Bowl, he's got to be the MVP of the NFL. It, I think that's probably true. And and I mean, the thing is, Dave, I agree with what you said. I think the, the likelihood that this offense is going to be as good as that defense is probably pretty low. But then I start thinking about it. I'm like, all right, Russell Wilson has completed more passes uh, at a higher rate than, than anybody through the first two weeks of a season. And that's with a few pretty bad drops by his, uh, his receivers, right? He's, he's thrown nine touchdowns in two weeks. Only one guy has ever thrown more. It was Patrick Mahomes um, that year. We assume that's going to slow down, but what if it doesn't? Like, what if it doesn't? I don't think we can assume yeah. for sure it doesn't. If Russell Wilson throws 50-plus or 60 touchdowns in this year, mm-hmm. then I do think you can say, hey, maybe this offense is in the conversation with yeah. as good yeah. as that defense. And I, I also think – I don't know what you think about this, Dave, but I believe this defense has better days ahead. I, I don't think it can sure. get worse. I don't think it can get worse. I mean, other than, you know, yeah. knock on wood injury and all that challenge. But I mean, people are like, ah, oh, Bruce Irvin's gone down. We were losing our pass rush. We have no pass rush. Like, it's not like we're, we're going from zero to zero. Like, so I, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, that can only get better. Right. 
Well, first of all, I, I hope that it can only go up from here for this defense, because if there's more room to drop, then they're in trouble because right now this is the worst defense in the NFL. So I don't know how far down they can go. Right. I mean, we're on the ground floor, unless you're talking about going into the basement, for God's sakes, or drilling a hole to the center of the earth. Uh, there's there's no further for this defense to drop. And going back to your Bruce Irvin comment for a second, look, I'm way more concerned about losing Marquise Blair than I am Bruce Irvin, because I think they've got bodies. They've got answers. They've got draft capital in guys like Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor, Alton Robinson, eventually, that I think can replace Bruce Irvin. I think Bruce Irvin, to me, right now is kind of just a guy, if not maybe a step above just a guy. And that's no disrespect to him, but he's 30 years old, Brian, for God's sakes. There's no way he's going to be as good as he was when he was in 20, when he was 25. So I think they have a much easier time of replacing Bruce Irvin's production than they do Marquise Blair at nickel. I thought he looked pretty good in the first couple of games of the year. Remember last year, what a chaotic situation oh. the nickel back was. Oh. They were going Jamal Taylor, Ugo Amadi, Nico Thorpe. It was a freaking rotating door. I thought Marquise had really kind of settled that thing down a little bit for the first two games of the year. So I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm way more concerned about losing him at nickel than I am Bruce Irvin. Jamal Taylor is a forbidden <laughs> pair of words on Sorry. this show i mean that guy just yeah. i mean he lost but games do you agree with that though that they have a i do i do i think you know I, I agree with like most of what you said there in that um i think marquise blair going down is a bigger deal because i think marquise yeah. blair had a chance to have a bigger impact on this team Agreed. Agreed. i don't have as much concern about ugo Amadi. like i like ugo amadi i think that he actually stepped up and played pretty well in this past game and that's without knowing he was going to yeah. do that so yeah. i think i think he can actually be a good part of this defense now if he goes down we're you know really looking at some trouble there or if one of our safeties now go down we're looking in some trouble because we don't have that safety depth we did before because marquis blair was the next up in, in safety right. play that's right. what happened when Quandre Diggs went out. He played safety. So I think that's an issue there. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Alton Robinson, you know, like and yeah. honestly, another guy that I keep bringing up and people think I'm crazy, but Demontre Moore, I don't think he's going to be like the next coming of the next great pass rusher. He came in for 10 snaps end of the game to replace Bruce Irvin. Dave, he had as many pressures to in those snaps as Bruce Irvin did for the whole game. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's other options there. I agree with you about Jordan Brooks. I'm looking forward to seeing that guy get on the field. Sometimes I feel like this coaching staff gets too conservative with some of these young guys. And I want to see Jordan Brooks out there making mistakes, but making fast mistakes and making yeah. plays kind of like Marquise Blair did last year, but he sat on the bench because they get, they wanted Tedrick Thompson out there or something like that. Right. I'm glad Jordan Brooks is going to be out this year. No, I am too. And I, I, I would just ask, you know, what is Jordan Brooks's, greatest trait and to me it's getting in the backfield i mean the guy had 20 tfls for god's sakes at texas yeah. tech last year people talk about chase young uh, i think he had 21 this guy had 20 and he's playing he's he's standing up and not putting a hand on the ground the majority of the time so i really do like jordan brooks a lot and i do think they have a much easier chance of replacing bruce Irvin's production than than marquise blair and uh, you mentioned Nugo Almadi. i mean if he goes down man they're looking at a 2005 Ken Hamlin, Mark Juan Manuel, Etrick Pruitt type situation Ooh. there at safety, which, you know, I kind of approached this a little bit on Twitter on Sunday night, maybe kind of sarcastically, but is there any part of you at all, any part of you at all that would consider reaching out to Earl Thomas? No. Okay. Oh, any part? Sure. But like, 
<laughs> I mean, I've got all sorts of weird parts of me, Dave. I don't know if you want to go into the deep, dark crevices there, but not, it is not one of the primary places I would look yeah. now. How about this? How about Michael Bennett? How about if Michael? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. you know, people talk about him leaving on in bad terms. I don't know how bad the terms were really are with, with Bennett. Um, and you know what you're getting with Bennett? He's his, his own personality. He's going to be his own guy. He's not going to like, he's not going to toe the line. And so you have to know that going in, but I guarantee you he would be our best pass rusher. If he walked in the door, period, he wouldn't be great, but yeah. he would be our best yeah. pass rusher. And that matters. Which does, yeah. Which doesn't say a lot about the current state of no. the pass rush. If you're telling me that a guy that's 31, 32 years old, whatever Michael Bennett is, and is basically right now retired. I mean, he told Joe fan back in March that he may want to play again. And I think I'm with you. If Michael Bennett does want to play, I would make that phone call. Look, man, I'm just I'm just sitting here and, and maybe I'll be eating crow uh, after DeMontre Moore and Jordan Brooks end up with three sacks apiece on Sunday against Dallas. I'm just kind of flummoxed as to how in the world they have not brought anybody in uh, to fix yeah. this. Deal. OK, I mean, there's rumors about Snacks Harrison coming into town next week. He's more of a run stopper, obviously, yep. than he is a pass rusher. But with the names that are out there and the names that were out there in free agency, we went into the offseason back in February knowing that this pass rush needed some help. And I got to tell you, right now, I think it's worse. I think it's worse than it was a year ago. Right it now. is. It is. And you don't want to get me started on this, Dave, because <laughs> I mean, it is. I think it is one of the most inexcusable and unexplainable personnel strategy decisions I've ever seen. Like, and knowing how good John and Pete have been at their right. jobs, it just boggles my mind. And there was, it wasn't that they, they had this need. They had cap space. They had a, a free agent period that had more pass rushers available, more types of pass rushers, old, young, inside, outside, different costs. And they just basically passed on all of them. Benson right. and Bruce yeah. were fine if they got two other or at least one primary guy. And they just didn't do that. And they, they waited on Clowney too long. Anyway, we could go on about that. <laughs> point, point is right now is, this team's pretty damn good. And yeah. I want to know, yeah. you know, before we wrap up here, heading into this Cowboys game, I mean, Cowboys were, by a lot of people's estimation, maybe an NFC favorite, maybe a Super Bowl contender. Sure, they, sure. They laid an egg against the, the Rams. They were laying an egg against uh, 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 against the Falcons, and then they, they roared back. How are you feeling about this game? Seahawks favored by five uh, last yeah. time. I yeah, yeah. Well, Mike Florio was on with us Wednesday, and he thinks the Hawks will win comfortably. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to find Why? a way to get that. That's exactly it. I've been trying to find a way to get to that point ever since Wednesday's show, and I can't get there. He just doesn't think the Cowboys are that good. And look, their defense may not be mm -hmm. that good. And up until about halfway through the third quarter of the Falcon game last week, their offense wasn't that good. The problem is everything the Cowboys do plays right into the weakness of the Seahawks. And, and, and that's what concerns me for this game on Sunday. You give Dak Prescott time to throw and he's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got uh, Amari Cooper. He's got Gallup. He's got Zeke Elliott leaking out of the backfield. He's got more weapons than maybe any team the Seahawks will face all year long on, on the offensive side of the football. So that's a concern for me. My concern, again, is that Russell Wilson needs to be magical. I think he will be because the Cow for as bad as the Seahawks defense is and for as bad as they're banged up right now, the Cowboy defense may be even more banged up for this game on Sunday. So 
this is a game you kind of have to win. I'm curious to see what happens again if the Cowboys have a game-winning drive opportunity. What kind of changes do the Seahawks defense make? Obviously not having the crowd behind them last week didn't help them whatsoever. But I see this as another, uh, you know, knuckle-biting, freaking white-knuckle type game on Sunday, man. I think you may as well turn the game off and just turn it on with two minutes to go, and you'll see everything you got to see in this game. Well, it's interesting you say that, Softy, because, I mean, I definitely agree with you about the receivers. They got great receivers, and the Seahawks have not stopped anyone yet. I think Julian Edelman had his career best. The Falcons had three 100-yard receivers in the first week. It's been bad. And now Quentin Dunbar's questionable for Sunday. If he goes down, you're talking about, like, Trey Flowers is stepping in. I mean, you're really getting a little bit – thin so i think that's a big deal um rasheem green so yep rasheem okay, green so goes I, on injured reserve i see your brain kind of rotating a little bit you're trying to come up with a way to say what you want to say but not but to, to, to say it kind of softly here let people down softly what do you think happens on sunday oh the seahawks win win comfortably i think the seahawks do not win comfortably i think <laughs> the seahawks win by less than a score yes um yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I already predicted this Wednesday. I'm probably like refined going against my prediction. I think I even had, I had the Seahawks score in 40 points. Um, this this Cowboys defense is awful. And the Seahawks have scored 38 and 35 points. And I would argue the, the team they scored 35 points off of was a significantly better defense than they're going to face on Sunday. Right. 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 I think the offense is going to put up points. I, I think I actually, if I remember right, I think I predicted that the Seahawks would win by like 40 to 21. So I, 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 I'm going Ooh. against that a little bit. Yeah. I, That's I, what we call uh, paralysis by analysis, pal. You need it's to be true. I, on Wednesday and not on Sunday. You're waiting too damn long. But you mentioned you could see the Hawks scoring 40. Would it shock you if the Cowboys scored 41? Not a shock. It can't be a <laughs> shock with what we've seen so far. But, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens with uh, try, uh, Tyron Smith. It sounds like he may not play. We'll see what happens with Demarcus Lawrence. He may or may not play. They're going to yeah. be without a woozy at the corner. So, yeah. like, there's a lot of these guys that are out. And, honestly, there's no way that that Cowboys defense should stop the Seahawks offense. I think Michael Dixon should not see the field mm. on Sunday. That's how much they should they should dominate wow. this team. And You're calling for the Hawks to score every drive of yeah. this game. Yeah. Every drive. So the or, game or go for it on fourth down and not get right. it. You know, those or are your two Russell options. Wilson throws a pick or Chris Carson fumbles. But either way, Michael Dixon's not punting the entire day. That's 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 I mean, I think that should be their goal. I mean, they punted three times against New England. And yeah. and very well, by the way. Oh uh, man, he's playing really well. Michael so Dixon's like he's back. Holy crap. We got the rookie Michael Dixon. Michael Dixon took a year off. He had a freaking hiatus in 2019. Now the 2018 guy's back. It's true. Okay, last thing I'm going to ask you, and then we'll, we'll wrap yeah. this up. Uh, well, it's a two-part question. Do you think that Shaquem Griffin is the guy that they bring up to replace Rasheem Green? Yeah. And, it, and if, he, if he plays, do you think right. he actually impacts the game? And, and, and the reason I'll ask this is Shaquem Griffin, currently in the practice squad, but when he was out there last year, did have some impact plays and was somewhat effective yeah. as a pass rusher. So what do you yeah. think? Well, uh, if he is going to get activated, uh, number one, I would just ask who else would you activate besides Shaquem Griffin? I think he's the obvious answer to bring up if Rasheem Green isn't playing, which we know he's not. And then number two, 
I love him even more so this weekend against Dallas uh, because Rasheem uh, or uh, Shaquem Griffin knows that he's playing for a spot on next week's roster and mm-hmm. the roster after that and the roster after that. So having him come up and be hungry like that, uh, the guys missed the first two games of the year, obviously, and now he's got a chance to play and stay on the active roster maybe in week four. Uh, I love him this weekend more so than I would even love him more down the road. So I think if there's ever a chance, I guess, to get something out of Shaquem Griffin, I think it's more so this Sunday than maybe any other Sunday the entire year. Love it. Love it. All right, Softy. Thank you for joining as always. And folks that haven't already, um, join up at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. We've got a Slack community that is growing leaps and bounds. People are joining every day. Lots of good conversation going on there. Friendly, fun people. Goes to How much charity. That cost, by the way, what's the five bucks? That? Five bucks. Five bucks. You Cheap. take you take credit cards. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about yours, but but that'll just be up to the the people. So but that one work? Maybe, maybe. I think you should keep sh- make sure you're showing your your card number if you can uh, uh, on the video. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, for folks that have already joined, thank you. Um, make sure you click subscribe. Click the little uh, bell to get notified when we go live. We will be uh, with you again Sunday for post game um, and have a lot to talk about. So looking okay. forward to it. There was a few thousand people on last week. We'll, we'll do it. Nice. Again. And uh, till then, Softy, uh, go Hawks. Take care, dude. Go Hawks. See you, man.